Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Tuesday to you, January 3rd, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your rainy, stormy, ugly morning. Be safe out there. If you're driving to work or school or wherever you're heading this morning, there are I believe flash flood warnings all throughout Louisville, Bullock County, Shelby County, Spencer County, and that's just in the listening area. If you're listening to us somewhere throughout the state, especially the western part of the state, all throughout the night, there were tornado warnings in different parts, and uh, I think there's maybe some more storms rolling through. So everybody just be aware, be safe. I'm sure that this isn't probably news to you, uh, as lightning and thunder probably woke you up throughout the night. But just be careful, allow yourself some extra time, and maybe even some extra, extra time if you uh, can find the time to pop into a Thornton's and, and get uh, get whatever you need to get your day started. Nick Roush, how are you on this Tuesday morning? Um, I'm okay. Uh, okay, it was uh, a weird day yesterday, but uh, I'm doing all right, doing all right. Uh, not, not a ton of sleep, but doing all right. Uh, um, I, I don't... Um, I'm 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 not sure if y'all were tuned in when it happened, but uh, last night the sports world certainly got uh, shook up a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean I think everybody. I mean I guess there are probably people who don't know what happened or aren't maybe aware or don't watch Monday Night Football, but they're tuned into to KRC. But I would imagine the the vast majority probably have has an idea of of last night's Monday night football game that really had nothing to do with the game because they didn't they, they didn't get to, to play a good deal of it because uh, DeMar Hamlin goes down with a, a medical episode after taking the contact. He was the defensive player, but took the contact, made the tackle, popped right up, things looked fine, and within probably a matter of just a second or two, very scarily collapsed to the field and they had to perform CPR on him on the field. 
Bills players, Bengals players all kind of saw the the emergency that it was, and there were very heartbreaking reactions. Players broke down. This is their teammate. This is their friend. Even on the Bengals side of things, you know, this is somebody that is young athlete in the same league as you. And what went from a pretty crucial Monday night football game for the AFC standings went to who really gives one crap about this game? Is this guy going to survive? And that's the magnitude of last night. It really was. You saw everybody tweeting about it, saying how surreal it was. It really was kind of surreal in the sense of like, what what is happening here? What is going? Are you are we about to see somebody pass away on the football field? And luckily, the medical professionals did what made them professionals and experts, and they were able to get a heartbeat, get a pulse again. They got him on the ambulance, and then uh, got him in the best care possible in the city of Cincinnati. So, uh, as of this morning, I think they 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 I think put him to sleep he's he's sedated yeah. uh and remains in critical care but they were able to restore a heartbeat uh with cpr on the field but um it it was one of those things tj that like uh it went from seemingly routine to horrific pretty quickly and you could tell just whenever the, they came back from commercial break and there's an ambulance on the field and they're showing the reactions and like it, it takes a lot for some grown men football players to to go from that sort of intensity, that sort of energy in a football game to broken down in tears. Um, mm-hmm. that, it was it was scary. It was the the uncertainty of it all too was um, uh, that, that, that that was the part like especially, when we're on social media now and everything's just, you got to have it now, right? Like we're, we're very instant gratification. There, there was, there was no knowing. And we were kind of just like, all right, ESPN say something we need to know. And they kept going to commercial break, but like they actually did a great job and kind of breathing a little and just sharing their, their feelings somewhat, but also saying like, you know, we're really just praying for him. We don't know what's happening. Um, it, it was one of those two where, like, I, I I was planning on watching the game, but you're also in the back of your mind, like, uh, should probably, you know, get some rest, go to bed early. And you're so walked on. Like, it was just so – I was glued to my TV for – until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night um, before I finally had to peel away. But Scott Van Pelt, Booger, who I give a, a hard time some of the time, like, all those people were great. Ryan Clark, it was uh, – a job well done in a very difficult circumstance uh, to kind of share what everybody was going through as we watched that scary scene unfold in the field. Yeah, they, they, I thought it kind of put those guys and gals in a tough spot. That's obviously nothing that in the journalism world that you really prepare for uh, and certainly not prepared for just in their nightly routine. That you know, they, they thought that they would be doing one thing, and then instead they said, hey, we're going to get the entire broadcast on you uh, for the foreseeable future for however long this yeah. takes. And, and you go from talking about a goofy game in, to somebody's, like, a life-and-death situation. You know, like, it's a pretty stark contrast. Yes. the But they, they did do a good job given the circumstances. Obviously, there's no... There's, there's no instruction manual on handling a situation like that, but I think all of them just pretty much spoke from the heart. And when in doubt, that's a, that's a good 
that's a good default. Uh, the Bills tweeted out in the middle of the night, if you saw it, that Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in the game. His heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was transferred to UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. And as Roush said, he is sedated and listed in critical condition. It is incredibly scary thinking about such a young athlete in such great shape having that happen, but there are underlying medical conditions. You're probably going to get a lot of takes on stuff like that today. You're not going to get them from us, I doubt, uh, but they, they, they existed on the internet last night, and they'll exist in the media world today. When in doubt, it never hurts just to wait, be patient, and see what medical professionals have to say in situations like this. But everybody's just hoping for a speedy recovery, a full recovery, that he makes it, that he uh, – and. and just praying for the family. I can't even imagine the stuff that they're going through yeah. on a day like today. I will say this, and I, and I hope people don't come attack me or come after me. And this isn't necessarily a take, I don't think, but like, I did think how there's no way, I, how are they going to play this game? Once, you know, they loaded them up on the ambulance. Like, how are they, it, it players trying to get back into the football mindset is going to be virtually impossible Mm-hmm. But Rasha did cross my mind of like, goodness gracious, this is like the entire a- AFC playoff picture is impacted by this game. If you don't play it, I mean, life goes on. There are more important things, as I think we all found out last night. But I, I am wondering how, what the NFL will do with this to get to a football side of things, which we all understand not nearly as important as hoping that Hamlin makes a full recovery and hoping that, you know, all our, our thoughts and prayers are with him. But Getting to a football side of things, what do you do if you're the NFL? The uh, it was a Bills reporter on a morning show that said that they were going to make a decision within the next two days. But in all reality, it's probably they'll probably just call it a draw. Um, and I I think if I'm not mistaken, it was if the Bills won, they could get the one seed. But if they lost, then the Chiefs could win out and get the one seed. Is that is that fair? Is that right? Yeah, and the Bengals could get the one. So if the Bengals won, they needed the Chiefs to lose next week, and, and they, they needed to beat the Ravens, and they would be the one seed. Uh, the Bills, I think, controlled their destiny for a one seed. And then I think if the Bills lost last night and the Chiefs won, as I mentioned, next week, then the Chiefs. So, like, three different teams, I think, were in the hunt for the one seed in the AFC. And then, of course, just the the NFC North uh I'm not sure how all that shakes out now because if the Bengals had, I think next week was just a game for the North regardless with the Ravens losing this past week. So I don't know if that's still the case or not. I don't know all the playoff scenarios, but a lot is impacted on whether or not that game gets played. It's probably not going to get played. Buffalo already went home, obviously. Whether they consider it just a no contest and you just go by winning percentage and the Bills and Bengals will be a game short. Or if they do decide, hey, you'll get a tie in the records, you'll get a tie in the records, and then the percentages will unfold as they may. I have no idea what you do. But it's not just like the Bengals and Bills are impacted by this no contest. There are There's a ripple effect throughout the entire AFC. And that's why you knew the NFL realized that last night. And I did think that they're like the social media brigade 
everybody was right to wonder how these players were going to be able to put themselves in the right mindset. However, I did, you know, if they had gotten word, and this didn't happen, unfortunately, if they'd gotten word, hey, he's responsive, he's good, like he's, they're going to have to, he's going to spend the night and he's going to have to go through a lot of further tests moving forward because something like that isn't normal, but he's with it, he's talking, and he's in good spirits relative to everything. If the players had decided, like, all right, after hearing that, let's try to do our best and go back out there and play, I don't think anybody really should have, like, had their pitchforks and torches up like you saw a lot of on social media last night. But that didn't happen, unfortunately. He didn't become responsive, and uh, it was incredibly serious. It remained serious. You didn't get good news that we were all kind of crossing our fingers and hoping for. Um, So they made the right decision, and I don't blame them for taking time to make the right decision in a situation like this. But that, gosh, what a what a as unique of a situation in NFL history. Yeah, yeah, and uh, somebody made the point to I, I forgot who it was, but um, that there's not a, a handbook for this in the NFL. In the NFL, they're all about protocols, and they're like Ro- Roger Goodell. You know, he's a robot for a reason. Like he likes things. There's a certain procedure and protocol for everything, and there's just not in this situation. Uh, and I saw where the NFLPA said that there wasn't a um, – they they never said that there was like a we're going to give you a five-minute warm-up period or not. But I did at least appreciate that like Zach Taylor and uh, Sean McDermott could read the room and like understand like, okay, this is well, – we, we can't we're, – we're not in a state of playing football right now. Let's go to the locker rooms collect ourselves and find out what's next. And uh, they took the appropriate steps. Uh, Fortunately, it does sound like Hamlin. I mean, you know, it's still kind of up in the air, but like critical but stable condition. So it it could have been much worse. It was, oh man, you're right though, TJ. That's, it was unlike anything else. And it was kind of like, I, I don't know, man, it, the, the the weirdest part of it all for me is just like how you go from the serious we we take football so damn seriously especially like the stakes as you mentioned and like to go from that and to just have like all of these people transform almost instantly like i mean that was uh it's traumatic for a lot of folks uh including the people who covered it and uh i especially like the 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 people behind the microphones that we love to just give them crap about their takes or like why are you yelling into the microphone and then like to hear ryan clark tell the story about like when mike tomlin was like dude you're not playing just stop and let's let's move on like that was very it was just very humanizing and i i hope that some overall good can come from this um just in how we how we think and and about these these football players that we regard so highly of, but you know sometimes it it does feel like a meat market when we're fantasy footballing or we're busting their chops for X Y and Z. Like, yes, it's fun to do that because it's a game, but there also is a human element behind all of this. Yeah, and I think that there is something a little sobering to all that, where it's here's this big football game. Cincinnati was absolutely packed. I saw a bunch of videos from the tailgates mm-hmm. and. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans, no offense, you guys are mean, usually. You guys are pretty mean fan base for the most part. You're not very kind to opposing fans. That being said, 
Bills Mafia may be the most obnoxious traveling road team in all of sports. So I was seeing videos, Roush, of like fights in the pregame and, and just trash talking more than anything. Not like, you know, haymakers being thrown. They were probably going to be saving those for the fourth quarter after all, all the alcohol had really hit the system. But you did a lot of trash talking and uh, it was a great, looked like an unbelievable atmosphere for Cincinnati, which I know a lot of Bengals fans, that's not nor that hasn't been the norm over the last two decades and especially not a ton of primetime games in your home city it looked like just such an electric atmosphere it was such a big game there was so much on the line and it was nice to kind of see everybody just be able to put that on the shelf instantly like instantly like oh my gosh this is serious and then once people found out that cpr was going on it was just like the entire country for at least a brief moment, had come together like, all right, sports are sports. This is a good reminder that there are more important things to this. These are real people, real athletes that can go through real medical situations and emergencies just like anybody else. Uh, and that, that, that was, I mean, any, like we, we've talked about this before, where you just have the entire country kind of united on something. It's powerful to a certain degree. But as anything in the social media age, it does not last very long. You blink. And then, of course, if anybody said anything that went against the groupthink on social media, they got attacked. And you, if you didn't ask the right question or say the right thing, everybody was going to come after you. And I didn't like that necessarily because, I, you know, if somebody was being super insensitive, then sure. But I saw everybody coming after Skip Bayless. And we already have a text on the Thornton's text line about Skip Bayless. And. I'm not going to be one to defend Skip Bayless. I think anybody that gets outraged by Skip Bayless, it's on you at this point. That's yeah, like you got to know where the source. But I don't think there was anything wrong with him saying, like, what is the NFL going to do with the with the standings? What are you going to do with this game not being played with so much, depending on it? Probably not the right time to tweet that out. When yeah, he did. yeah he, just, he just needed to, like, wait. And maybe even like an hour would have been better yeah, had he waited. It was his, but it was his first tweet. Uh, but I don't think he said like, hey, you know, you got to play. Who cares about this guy? Yeah, who cares about – I think he was asking what I think is a kind of fair question. And, yes, was it – that question was going to be asked by a lot of people. Uh, it crossed my mind while everything was going on. I wasn't going to go out there to social media and tweet it out there into the universe because I know kind of what the reaction could be from that. But that stuff I think is always – for as good as a moment as it was seeing kind of everybody come together and hope the best for Hamlin and pray for him and thoughts, then people just could not wait to find something they could disagree with on social media so they could attack and be mad and be angry about something. Well, in reality, I think all of our hearts were in the, in the right spot, in the same spot, and that's wishing the best for a player that I think a lot of people thought they may see die on the football field, which is like that's, that's, that sentence just – carry so much weight when you actually say it because it's not something that roush you covering football for as long as you have and playing football tragic accidents have happened throughout our lifetimes in sports but in prime time yeah not, huge not game, this, yeah yeah you know, because like it, uh there, there was a lot of folks who were bringing up you know other tragic event like hank gathers was one uh the and I, I always forget his name but the basketball player that was committed to kentucky um Stewart. Yes, yes, John Stewart. Um, like that. I mean, I, for me, the the one that hit closest to home was the kid at PRP 
um, that had heat stroke that, that passed away, uh, when I was in high school, like 2008, something like that. Um, stuff like this does happen and it's terrifying. I mean, Keontae Johnson is the most recent example. Um, but then you had the guy in the Netherlands at the Euro cup, um, not too long ago who had the cardiac arrest and they resuscitated him on the field, but it's just, it, it was just different, man. It was just different. And I, I think the the part that also is uh, humbling more so than anything is that like these dudes are the best athletes in the world. And whether it was, you know, we don't, we don't know what caused it, but they get some of the best medical care in the world. And then sometimes just freak things happen just out of the blue, out of nowhere. And it's, it's kind of terrifying. It's kind of humbling, and it makes you uh, makes you appreciate everything you have. Really does. And another reminder that life is incredibly fragile. It can go just like that. Uh, that's why you gotta tell your loved ones how you feel, and you know all the sappy stuff we've said here on Kentucky Roll Call. But just reminders like that put it all in perspective for you. And. Again, we can't say it enough. We're, we're thinking of Hamlin. If we get any updates throughout today's show, uh, we'll stop whatever we're doing and, and be sure to pass it along. And, and same goes with if the NFL makes any sort of decisions. Obviously, that's second fiddle to the emergency. We're all, we're all I think, smart enough to, to understand that. But there are sports implications that will go along with it. So we'll be sure to pass any of that stuff along today. But just an absolutely crazy monday night unfortunately for all the wrong reasons and we're going to do our sports radio show today kentucky has a giant basketball game one that they just can't afford to lose you can't put it really another way i'm not a big must win kind of guy but uh, if the caps mm. were, were to must, fall, must win or can't lose it's a good, good good question regardless uk can't mess around with the Bayou Bengals this evening at Rupp Arena. So we're going to take a break. We're going to kind of refresh and we're going to come back and we're going to talk sports and we're going to talk KRC goofiness. We haven't even heard from Scoots today. I missed the guy. So we got to come back and see what's up with him, how his Monday evening was, get his takes on all this. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker. Here we go. Here we go. We got a rock. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. And what exactly are your demands? We need more lemon pledge. With Walker and Roush. We're not responsible for that. You should just bring it from your own home. No. Got out of town on a boat from the southern islands. Sailing the reach for a following sea. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 1450 AM. The best way to get in touch with KRC is the Thornton's text line. You text in 502-414-1450, just like any other text message you send. And then we read it on the air. And we that that goes doesn't have to be during showtime, 7 to 9. We'll replay the show 9 to 11. Podcast listeners, feel free to send them in 
whenever you prefer. And get your podcast for Kentucky Roll Call anywhere and everywhere. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call at the podcast that is most convenient for you, or platform, podcast platform, I should say, and give us a listen. All right, Scoots, sorry. Uh, how are you? What's up? I'm good. No, don't don't apologize at all. You all had seemingly all the right words to say in that segment, and I just I didn't feel like I could add anything or needed to add anything because I th- I thought you all hit all the important points. But yeah, I mean, obviously, scary moment last night. Not not how you want the Monday night football game to go, especially with one that was a high caliber of a game as that. I mean, arguably our best. Not even just Monday night game of the year, but arguably our best primetime game that we've had all season. So you, you you hate to see it go that way, but yeah, it was super scary moment. Obviously, thoughts and prayers with with Demar Hamlin. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I totally I totally agree. Well, besides the Monday night evening, how was just your your Monday? Uh, it could have been better. I mean, I was I was working, so. Uh, Did, didn't really want to work yesterday. It, t- it took everything I had to stay in that building for eight hours. But I got out pretty early, went home, just sat around, was lazy until football Scoots, started. This was something that uh, I didn't get the chance to ask you yesterday. Oh? But what is the, the hotel front desk scene like on, on New Year's Eve? Is it a pretty pretty drunk crowd? Um, The three hotels I've been at, in my life, not really. No, I mean, okay, yeah. I, I just, I guess, because they're just so far out of Louisville, like they're, they're all more, on the outskirts. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Pr- probably more like families. I mean, we've definitely had our moments over the years, though, of like loudness during New Year's. We had to go calm people down or whatever, but it's it's rare. It's it's rare. Actually, our hotel right now is a freaking ghost town. <laughs> Makes it why, really boring. Why is it a ghost town? What's up? It's just, that's just hotels in the Louisville area from about December through February. Super slow. Hmm. The more you know. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. I yeah. also did not know that. If you're looking for a cheap rate in Louisville to stay at a hotel for whatever reason, yeah, look look in December through February. You'll you'll get you'll find a good rate. All right. Well, good good to know. Uh, text not in five zero two four one four. 1450. Roush, do you want to get into some basketball talk or where, where are you at? Yeah, sure. We can get into some uh, basketball talk. Why not? Cats uh, uh, host LSU tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to throw me off. Re- like, I, I'm, I'm a very fragile human that, like, just playing at a, a slightly different time. I can even adjust quickly to the 6.30. 8 is just uh, – I'm all out of sorts with this 8 o'clock game. But actually, it should – be better because of uh, bedtime. You know how that goes. Dad life. I know. That's what I was kind of is could be my first Pelotron game of 2023. Wow. It wouldn't, it sets up kind of nice for it because usually baby will be down and out. I mean, by 745 at the absolute latest, but 730 usually is around that ballpark. So yeah, it maybe, maybe. Uh, I still think I prefer the 7 o'clock games when it's all said and done. But, yeah, that's something that's on the table tonight. And the cards play. Both teams back in action after the game. Going to be a lot of zone in that game against Syracuse. Yeah. UofL opens as 8-point underdogs, I believe, or 9-point underdogs. And then Kentucky, the line last night, what was it, Scooch? I just said Uh, yes. Because Louisville's underdogs. You're going to bet Syracuse. 
Yeah, I'm betting against Louisville every single game this year. Absolutely. And then Kentucky was... 11-point uh, yeah, favorites. I, when I saw it, it was 10. It's, uh, it's still at 10 now. Seems a little lofty. LSU is having a solid season. They've only lost one game on the year, uh, and that was to Kansas State by two points on the road. So that's, uh, you know, I don't think anybody can really hold that one against them so much. But they're having a great year. They've beaten Arkansas, so their best win, obviously, significantly better than Kentucky's best win on the year. It's, uh, it's a game that you're glad is at in Lexington, Roush, because I think they probably have a different outlook on things if it was in Baton Rouge. That's true. That is true. Um, you're right, though. That, that number does, like, uh, I think Kentucky is – Depending, I don't know what that closing number, but they were four and eight ATS going into the Louisville game. Um, so I don't know how you can, in good conscience, keep uh, keep 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 putting some coin on the cats to cover because that's just a dangerous proposition at this point. Um, but I do think that uh, Kim Palm has this as an eleven point game, so like you know, right, right around the spread. Spreads are typically right on that, um, but I I do think that the um, the tone has shifted, and it's it's all about the uh, the mental health, the mental well being. Kind of what we touched on yesterday. Um, TJ Bosner shared a message on LinkedIn, which I didn't know you could share messages on LinkedIn. Did you know that? Like I that that was a stunner of the century. Wait, what? Yeah, there, there was a, he had like a long. Um, I don't know. It, 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 the equivalent of a Twitter thread talking about how they're changing their approach and how they're trying to encourage their players to be positive. And the message was distributed via TJ Bosner's LinkedIn account. Hmm. That what, I, I don't know what to feel about that. I, like, are, are we going to have to start getting on LinkedIn for, for news? Dude, I've been just not logged into my LinkedIn since college. And I get the emails still, and so-and-so wants to connect. It'd be like Intern Jacob. And I'm like, Intern Jacob, I'm not using this LinkedIn. Like, I just, I've had the yeah. same job forever. I'm not getting a new one anytime soon. Like, like it's very bizarre. Because I even understand if you want to, you know, Mastodon or NewsPost or whatever. You want to do your different social media. LinkedIn, though, feels feels like going the opposite direction. I was very perplexed by the LinkedIn usage. Yeah, I, I, I'm flabbergasted by that. That's the shocker of the century. I really hope we don't start using LinkedIn. Uh, not not the message that I, w- I wanted to hear. So what was the, the? They were just taking a new approach, though. What was the sentiment? Of yes, the- I, I, I'll, I, the the sentiment was essentially uh, being in encourage. It's kind of like what Oscar said yesterday: encouraging the guys, empowering them. It's some of it's like stuff that Cal has said previously, um, but. Uh, something we've discovered as a staff is that young people we work with today aren't just different from how we were at that age. They're also different from the young people we worked with just five years ago. Um, so living through the pandemic, social challenges, changes, there's just a lot of different things. And so um, he pulled a quote from Chris Boss's Letters to a Young Athlete. Um, and it has many great lessons on dealing with pressures and challenges of competing at a high level. 
And he highlighted a passage that you have to envision yourself playing the game before you play it. You have to visualize getting back on D after a missed shot. You have to imagine that crowd noise and that trash talk. And basically harping on visualization and visualizing success, which I'm one of those who personally have never been big into it but I do think can be powerful for the the right people. It just wasn't my cup of tea. But I know for some people, that sort of self-talk is very good. Like that, it can, can be very powerful. But for me, I was one of those like, just yell at me and like, it'll either go in one year and out the other or else it'll actually help me play better. Like, I, you know, I'm a little old school in that regard. But um, as TJ said, uh, not this TJ. Uh, players a little bit different now. A little bit different now. They are a little bit different now. I, I don't doubt that for a second. My my first reaction, real time reaction to you explaining all this to me is, oh boy, like mentally, this UK team, a number has been done upon them. Yes, that's a very good point. Like that's not, a, and I get it. Lo- uh, winning. Fixes everything. Losing can make everything significantly worse than than probably the reality of the situation. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you maybe would be having all the the mental hurdles and gymnastics being talked about and had if uh, the Caps had would have a little bit of a better record up to this point. That being said, if it works, if this can help, then sure, then, then go for it. We're all for it. Uh, but. Initial reaction was, uh, oh, yeah, like we're we got to get on LinkedIn to share our positive messages to, yeah, I. But that's also like, that's kind of uh, it's kind of where this team's at right now, and at least it's it's happening in January. This is the, this is the twenty twenty three version of the players only meeting. It's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah, I. It, Gosh, if we get a players-only meeting, too, on top of this, though, then everybody's going to hit bingo. It's going to yeah. be like a full-card bingo at that point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't love hearing all this stuff, but if it helps, that's fine. All I care about is UK winning basketball games, and I think they'll have a pretty good opportunity to do it tonight. LSU's a tricky team. They're going to really attack UK's weaknesses, and they're going to do a lot of things defensively that UK doesn't like. going to make life a little bit tougher on UK offensively. Uh, they're going, this is going to be interesting. This is something that not a lot of teams UK has done that has played is something that they do. When UK is going to bring up that screen, whether it's for Case and Wallace or for Severe Wheeler, those are probably your two main culprits that are going to ask for that high ball screen coming up at the top of the key. They're going to double team and just try to cause as much havoc and hell on Wheeler and Wallace. Double team those guys. Try to force them into a bad pass or a turnover, but Roush, that provides opportunity right there. Yeah, because yeah. if you make one pass out of that, then you've got LSU's defense on their toes. And LSU, like every other team, Kentucky's going to play this season. I'll sound like a broken record talking about this. They'll pack in the paint. They're going to send two, three guys down on Oscar. So when you're going to double the ball screen and you're still going to have an emphasis on the paint, having multiple bodies in the paint, where should that leave something open? 
Wait, uh, it, on the three-point line, right? Yeah, like, three-point line, either in the corner, yeah. somewhere on the side perimeter, or on the other side, depending on which side we're talking about on the doubling the ball screen. But they're going to make sure that Oscar is, like every other team, that he's going to have bodies on him. So when Wheeler and Wallace need to make that pass, they're probably going to try to kick it out on the perimeter. You're going to – your good passing is going to sink LSU tonight if Kentucky can do it. Good passing – and finishing plays and finishing shots, that stuff is basketball 101, common sense. Yes, hitting shots is better for a team than missing shots. But good passing is going to be the key tonight. So this could be a really big game for Severe Wheeler. I know people have mixed emotions about him. But also Wallace being able to pass the ball, he's going to have to be smart with it in his hands as well. And then people that have open shots, whether it's Antonio Reeves, whether you know you get the arrow getting a few extra minutes out there, Toppin, uh, I know he's not one that wants to really let it rip from the perimeter, but he could still, you know, get some 18-footers, 15-footers. Good passing is going to lead to a lot of open shots, I think, tonight for UK. And if you hit them, I think Kentucky probably does cover that number. If they don't, probably going to be an ugly game, low 60s, somewhere in that ballpark. So there's my my analysis on LSU basketball and what they're going to try to do, at least defensively. Offensively, I don't think it's really anything that should – Overly concerned, UK's defense, they've got another kind of shorter guard that Wheeler has kind of struggled with those players, Uh, but they're not an amazing outside shooting team, but they do play well, they do play tough, and they're probably going to try to attack the paint offensively. Um, So, you know, big game for UK's bigs from a defensive standpoint, and then making sure just not only Oscar is the only rebounder on the defensive glass, other people are going to have to crash it because LSU is going to, they're going to try to get a, a lot of their buckets inside. The uh, there is a way though that you we can kind of tie in our our mental health intangibles chat and actually like X's and O's though because there there is a disjointed there there's been a disjointed feel about this team all year and you can turn a little bit of that chaos into positive vibes and I think part of it's by instead of ball screening with Oscar or like a non ball handling big. Like, using Jacob Toppin for ball screens, he's not the best ball handler, but he's also lengthy, and if you need Wheeler to just throw it up to somebody, he can take it, and if he continues to play aggressively, it leads to some easy buckets that can get the crowd into it, really rally people behind them, and that that's kind of what I alluded to yesterday. Like, going on a little bit, piecing a couple of wins together that really get the crowd on your side, I think can go a long way. And so, I, I kind of hope that they just invite it and that Savir Wheeler just doesn't jump to pass because every time he jumps to pass, I lose one of the remaining hairs left on my head. It's it's just like it's pretty much like a, a block charge call for me at this point with officials because he does it all the damn time. And I just it, even watching replay of the game, knowing that Kentucky wins by twenty the other day, he jumped to pass, and I'm like, what, Savir, what, what what are we doing here? You can't do that when you're getting doubled uh, yeah, against yeah. pressure. It's never pretty. It's always frustrating. I can live with one, maybe. But, yeah, he's he's got to be better about that stuff. But he does know what he's doing with passing. He's led the college basketball and assists. But, yes, it's always frustrating and ugly when he does that. Uh, but it's going to be another big game for him tonight. Mm-hmm. At, at, when you're a point guard at UK, it's probably going to be a big game for you anytime that it's an important game. And tonight is an important game. UK cannot afford to go 0-2 in the SEC and really lose this home game. They're going to have to take care of business pretty much every home game, uh, let alone against a a winnable team like LSU. 
Scooch, do you have any takes on this game? Uh, I just think it's wild that I saw your tweet yesterday about the spread being 11. I thought that was kind of crazy. I mean, I, I have no doubt Kentucky. You think, you think it's a little hot? You think? I think it is a little high. Yeah, I was looking for more like eight, eight and a half, somewhere in that range. 11, eh, that's going to be a tricky cover. But if Kentucky plays at home the way we know they can play at home, the way we saw them play at home against Louisville, granted Louisville's a crappy team, but it, it, it could be an interesting scenario when it comes to the cover or not. But I, I do think Kentucky will win this game. Yeah, I also am not so concerned about the upset. Uh, I'm still, I'm going to probably say this every freaking game until it happens, though, Roush. Still waiting for the big one. Still waiting for the offensive explosion. LSU would be a tough team to do it against. And I don't know, do Calipari teams have a history of doing it at home at Rupp Arena? It seems like sometimes they have their better shooting nights away from Rupp Arena. Last year against Tennessee was a good example of a nice Rupp shooting night. Uh, great. The whole the whole gang was really on the money in that one last year, but still waiting for it. Maybe tonight's the night, Roush. Fingers crossed, at least. Yeah the uh, the um, that Alabama game last year too. They got really hot, but also Kansas was away from home. Um, so it'd be nice. It, I we also like can we let's let's keep Jacob Toppin aggressive. Let's let's make sure that that wasn't a one-off because, you know, Wolves' big stink, and he was going up against a zone where you're not necessarily getting as much of that physical contact. Like as soon as you catch it, right? Like there's part of playing against a zone is just finding gaps within it and then getting passes in between. Like he he made a couple of shots at the top of the key that were just easy catch and shoot. Like th- those easy opportunities won't be there today. So he needs to still be aggressive. That doesn't necessarily mean taking all the shots, but at least looking to get to the rim, and that can create opportunities for himself and for others. Yeah, no, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think a lot of people are going to take that as, yeah, you got to keep scoring. If you could do, you got to put up points. That's not necessarily what we need from Toppin. We do need him to be able to hit open shots when there. Uh, that's the case with seeing every single player for UK basketball, but. Go attack the glass. Go try to get to the line if you can. Go attack rebounding the glass. Doesn't always just have to be offensive scoring. Go uh, and hell, it can even be offensive rebounding. He can do a good job. Uh, do put it getting putbacks and and all that sort of stuff. Just a whole aggressive attitude is what he needs, and he needs it every single game. Because if he's not aggressive, it's tough well, really to have him out there on the floor. The, uh, the go on uh, the the thing that was probably um, maybe one of the more overlooked aspects of that Louisville game. I was really impressed with the interior passing between the cats on Saturday. And that if if I was going to have like some sort of big picture, positive takeaway, they did feel more connected offensively when they were moving the ball around, passing it inside. And it wasn't just like, let's just feed it into Oscar and stand around. And so that that's where I think Toppin can play a valuable role in this offense is moving the ball around and also getting like that that's how Oscar can get some easy buckets too, right? Or even if he misses, Oscar's there to clean up the stuff. So like I I just I, I'm 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 hopeful that Toppin's gonna r- remain uh aggressive tonight and I think he can do a lot for this team. But uh I am like just a little nervous about it that it, it was just a one off against a little boy. 
Could be. It could be. He's been pretty inconsistent as a player throughout his career at UK, but I do think so much of it is mental. I think you're hearing more about that from UK side of things, which I don't know, maybe that's a good thing. Speaking your truth and getting it all out there on the table. And then you still have some people inside basketball going to LinkedIn and, and typing mental messages and stuff like that. So yeah, he's been inconsistent. It's fair to worry if you're going to be able to get anything, half of what you got out of him against U L in tonight's game against LSU, but that's on Toppin. He's got to go out there and put back-to-back good games together, show that he can be consistent, show that he can be reliable for, for UK, uh, because I think we've seen with the inconsistent play at that position, more so than really any other position on the floor, it hasn't led to great results for, for UK basketball up to this point. So they really need him to to get going and play tough and play inspired and have that edge every single night. Otherwise, UK is at a disadvantage. You're basically playing at a your four position you're not getting anything from, and that's tough to do. Kentucky added somebody to scholarship yesterday. Did you see that, Roush? I did see that. Brennan Canada getting a mom scholarship. Shout out to Red from Pineapple Express. People forget. Uh, that's cool. I guess if you have the scholarships available, you may as well yeah. may as well use them. He seems like he's a good practice player, good teammate, does all the right things that you want. So congrats to him. I'm sure that was a uh, really cool moment, getting that announcement that you're not – just being a walk-on for UK basketball would be a dream for so many. But then to, to have the coach tell you, hey, you're no longer a walk-on uh, on the house. I know. I, I, I was kind of that. hoping for the uh... – it was a little, uh, I guess Cal's never really done it that way, but like you're used to seeing those as a tweet or something like that. And it said it was just, you know, or you're used to seeing it as like a big video and everybody gets all hyped and Cal just kind of tweeted it out there. Yeah, he did. Um, I agree. Sometimes you get those really fun videos where it's emotional or they trick them or they do something fun, but no, they just decided to get it out there in the open. Say, say that they did it. Uh, I'm okay with that. I suppose. What's yeah. this Twitter back and forth between you and Lachlan McLean that's going on during the show today. <laughs> oh, Lock. He's, he's doing his goalpost moving thing. And it's, it's, it's humorous to me. Uh, that's not the new for old lock. We love lock, but yes, he, it, it, when he gets pinned down like a cockroach, just kind of skirts away. You don't even know how it happened. Uh, is he so he's trying to skirt away from a from a bad take? Well, and, and that's um, I mean, granted, somebody brought up like what Rick like Rick Pitino saying that Donovan Mitchell wasn't ready uh, for the NBA after he scored seventy one points last night. And Locke said, "Come on, that was six years ago." Besides, like it, it's players get better once they're in the NBA, and it's it's like, oh, huh, really? You're giving. Patino a little bit of deference for his players getting better, but not so much as Cal, huh? And then, uh, so I just tweeted a simple, we got him. He's like, oh, you didn't get me. I, th- th- they should be better for them. Like, that's more of an indictment on them for night. And it's like, uh, I'm just not even. When he starts going down that wormhole, I just like to throw in. I'm at that point now with Locker. I like to just throw in grenades and watch him sputter. Uh he does his scheduling take like it's it's pretty much the worst thing he does as a former Louisville radio honk. It's it's the the people over there that are the 
Louisville lovers, they love to just argue over Kentucky's football schedule. Like just no matter what, we're just going to argue over a schedule. And it's just, it's the most nonsensical stuff. And I, I'm so sick and tired of it. And he's willing to, to fight every single time. But uh, I just got to remind people, like, don't, don't fall for it. That's what he wants. Don't fall for it. Just get your jab in, get out, get out of there. Don't get in the don't don't play in the mud with him because he'll he'll find a way to twist whatever it is and get his get his point across and it's just yeah, yeah. not worth it. What is worth it is stopping by Salsaritas today, one of their two locations in Louisville, Middletown or St. Matthews. It's Taco Tuesday. If you're the rain got you down, go to the Middletown location. It's got a drive-through. Save you time, save you money with that Salsaritas app, and you don't have to worry about getting out of your car and getting wet. If you live closer to St. Matthews, they've got great parking and covered uh, little pavilion sort of deal so you can get out of the rain even quicker there, and the food is so good. You all are not going to be disappointed with a nice, huge stuffed burrito with seasoned, juicy meats falling out each and every bite. Or maybe you want some wildly addictive chips, hot, spicy salsa, creamy queso guacamole whatever it is salseritas will have you covered check them out today one of two locations in louisville let's end our number one we'll come back we'll get to the thornton's text line see what everybody's got to say uh there's a wider range of things that could be talked about uh we may get to a little football and there's a few other little quick hitters i've got written down yeah so we'll there's also back. some f- some fun ball games yesterday oh yeah yeah got to talk yeah. about the ball games as well. So do not go anywhere. We've got a whole another hour of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, new crowd, Justin Taylor. We'll be back after this. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. DJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your wet and rainy Tuesday morning. Drive safely, be careful, and we appreciate you tuned in to KRC, another year. Fun show yesterday celebrating five years on air, and nice to nice to be back uh, for another year and another SEC slate basketball season. We're back to the Tuesday-Saturday, which always makes the Hey-o. winter go by. A little bit faster, Scoots. Yeah. You gotta gotta love the Tuesday Saturday slate, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And then that gives us uh, of course recapping the game tomorrow, seven AM. But uh, we'll keep talking LSU Kentucky this evening, along with whatever else you got on the Thornton's text line. It's been quiet today. Last two it's days, a, really. It's a new year. Some people just getting back into the swing of things and things aren't like UK had a had a basketball win, so people aren't too furious. That's true. Yeah. We, we <laughs> only get many texts when they lose. You're right. If things don't go well tonight, though, we'll definitely hear. We'll yeah. definitely hear, folks. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. 
Uh, we finished the we finished yesterday's, correct? We did. Yep. Thought so. All right. A texture says, "You bet your sweet buns. I laid some coin on those beloved horny toads of mine. I think they're the horned frogs." To shock the world and beat the dogs next weekend. Also went ahead and played the plus 13 and the over in the parlay. So we'll just cross our fingers and hope for a shootout and ends in a made field goal for TCU. Well, I don't know if I love that bet. He said he 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 had the plus 13. What's what's he need a game-winning field goal from TCU for? He got 13 points. Well, when he says that he laid money on them to shock the world. Maybe he, he also took mm, the money line. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So the money line and the plus 13. Do you think that that spreads too big? Plus 13 national championship game in a typical year. I would say absolutely not. It, it's Georgia and TCU, but TCU has been defying odds all season. I mean, nobody expected them to beat Michigan and they did it with ease with relative ease anyway. But yeah, I think, I think 13 is too many. Is, like I think ten. I, I feel a little bit better about ten. Yeah, but same. three points in a in a big spread like that, it doesn't really make me confident one to want to bet TCU. Certainly doesn't really make me want to bet Georgia. If I were a TCU fan, I'd say, hey, all we've heard about is how dominant this Georgia defense is, rightfully so. But look what Ohio State just did to them. Maybe you know, maybe we could sling it around. Maybe we can have some offensive success and be able to do some nice things against them. But I don't think the spread is totally out of line, but I do think it's slightly high. I do think Georgia probably wins comfortably. Eh, maybe that's not the right word, but I think they they are in control the duration of the game. It'll be a 10-point win for Georgia. Oh, so I've got the spread right on the money. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you I'll give you credit today since I didn't yesterday. Well, that's not hey, that's not my guessing of the spread. <laughs> I just think that's that's where I would have probably put it at. If anything, it shows that I'm off on my guessing the spread. That's technique. true, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> a texter on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, says, Hi, I just remembered TJ called TCU garbage and said they shouldn't have been in the playoff. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they are garbage. And <laughs> what, because they beat a crappy Michigan team that makes them good? Man, there is something about this TCU team that yeah. – they, they they got uh, tiger blood. What, what, isn't that what they call it? Like they just never say die. And right when you want to count them out, they find a way to win. Um, so who knows? I, I ultimately think you're you're right. Like Georgia is the far superior team, but I mean at this point, TCU hanging around and taking it down to the wire would not surprise me at all. Yeah, uh, I I would be surprised by that, but I also was surprised by those college football semifinals games. So uh, I guess anything is possible. These teams have been playing football for a really long time. You don't really know about what's going on in the locker rooms, wear and tear on the players' bodies and whatnot. But I, I how is TCU going to match up in the trenches with Georgia? Uh, Ohio State can can be in the same class of a talent standpoint as Georgia. TCU, they don't. I just don't think they have the Jimmies and the Joes. Well, I mean, I thought that was going to be the case against Michigan, though, because Michigan has a very physical front, best offensive line in the country. Um, and they just went right at him. Um, so I, you know, it, you you would you would obviously need some crazy Max Duggan heroics for it to happen. But um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm at least kind of excited about it because it's just something different uh, to see TCU of all teams in there. I mean, they were a rival with Louisville, for Christ's sakes, when we were growing up. Like, TCU was one of their biggest Conference USA games of the year. Who, who else did they have? That, it was like TCU and Southern Miss? Memphis, I guess? Those were their big games? That's a good question. Yeah. But, like, I, I remember those games against TCU being huge, and it's just crazy to see that program's rise under Gary Patterson. And then, and then to go from 2-10 and 10 to – or, no, that was Tulane that went from 2-10 to 12-2, uh, and 2, which I saw a stat yesterday. Group of five teams, I, I think I want to say it's since 2012, 9-7 in BCS slash New Year's Six games. I don't, yeah. Those teams come ready to play. They were down 15 with four and a half minutes to go and won. Uh, absolutely bonkers game. Uh, USC, Lincoln Raleigh teams, not good at playing defense. That, that was, if I was a USC fan, I, I, I don't like, I don't think there's too many overly passionate USC fans even to begin with, but that would be sickening to lose that game. Not only just because it's Tulane and Tulane had a great season and they were a fun team to watch and good on them. That's going to be, uh, as memorable as a football win as that football program will probably ever have and celebrate it and live it up. But I'd be absolutely sick. Tulane was dead defensively. Like, their players were just, like, falling over. They were so tired. And USC still couldn't close them out up 15. Uh, that was inexcusable to find a way to lose that game. But credit to Tulane for, for hanging in there, hanging tough, and providing us with some good football content yesterday because – Roush, the Boilermakers, could do no such thing. Yeah, and Brian Kelly's probably the worst coach to play when you're obviously out, man. Like, he he was not going to call the dogs off. Uh, Not going to call them off whatsoever. So, I mean, they were running the Philly special up like 35 to nothing. Um, It was was tough. It was ugly. I knew it was going to be a long day. uh, But I thought they might have that backup quarterback, which is – he had been a career backup at Northwestern and UCLA and then transferred to Purdue. And it's like, Oh, I can see, see why not, not very good. So they, uh, their, their bowl game was long before the citrus bowl. It was, uh, they, they, they brought their a game against Michigan, in the big 10 championship game, but kicked too many field goals. Didn't score enough touchdowns. Um, that was, that was the game they got up for, but it is a shame though. Cause like, you know, I'm not, I, I, I get opt-outs and all that, but, like, I, I was a little bummed because it's like there's a bunch of day three picks who are opting out of the best bowl game produced played in since the Rose Bowl. Like, it was, that just kind of annoyed me. Did you see at least the cheese it pop out of the box? That was cool. I saw that the LSU coach went crazy because the players were celebrating with the cheese it guy and or gal and maybe hurting the cheese it. Yeah, uh, Brian Kelly after the game was like, "Yeah, you know, it was fine. Uh, that guy might have gone a little too over the top. We, it's it's okay to have fun in a bowl game." Oh, Brian Kelly said that. Yeah, Brian Kelly even like defended wow. the players after that because he had you know the fun police assistant coach. I do think that assistant coaches need to chill out a little bit. There there'd be a way to be like, "All right, guys, come on." I mean, it's get on thirty five nothing in a bowl game. You know, who cares? It is. It was weird the the couple of times that we got uh, like the, when the games were over and they just didn't like it was obviously over and they it just wouldn't end 
Uh, it felt like that in that game. It felt like that in the Rose Bowl, too, after Cam Rising got hurt. Penn State smelled blood in the water, and they blew that one open. That annoyed me. Just because James Franklin annoys me. He, he annoys me so much. And it was a good football game. And then Rising gets hurt, and then they don't really have an answer after that. But they were up three scores with five minutes ago, and it's like, can we just, like, kneel it out and, and get this game over with? Like, it doesn't feel like it's worth playing. Purdue, they, they had dudes, like, dropping, like, flies in the fourth quarter, and it's a 50-point game. LSU's got their third string quarterback in. You're just like, get, just get it. Mercy. They're throwing the towel. A lot of people are saying that your uncle left Purdue out to dry. You know, all things considered, I feel like you got to be pretty happy with the transition, though. Like, if, if Ryan Walters is uh, a good coach, now he could be like some of the forgettable ones that they had before Jeff. But if he's a good is as good of a defensive coach as you think, he hired Graham Harrell to coach his offense, and he got Hudson Card in. It feels like a, a guy. You got to be pretty happy with where you are at Purdue with uh, that transition. You're right. I, that's that's well said and true. I just Purdue is just such a hard place to win. It's almost like you just are waiting for water to find its level. Now that they've had some departures in the program, obviously coaching, but also players have left. Uh, good players have left. It may be that they, they they may take a few steps back. That's yeah. my prediction, at least. Yeah, yeah, it could it could very well happen. Let uh, me ask you this: if you know this, my wife was asking me yesterday because I, I didn't have the answer for her. Uh, she was like, "Wasn't the Rose Bowl one of the big hiccups in the expanded college football playoff?" And I said, "Yeah, they were one of them. There were a couple different things at different times." But, yes, they were one of them because they always wanted their game on New Year's Day or when New yeah. Year's Day is on a Sunday, then, oh. then the second. What ended up happening with that? Well, and then, uh, you know, of course, they played on the second yesterday, and it was rainy and gross. Um, and it's like, oh, so you were such a – basically, the college football playoff forced their hand. And they were like, all right, well, if you don't want to be a part of this, then you, you see ya. We'll, we'll do this without you. And the Rose Bowl was like, okay, fine. Um, and – the essentially they said we'll try to accommodate but we can't make you any promises was what the college football playoff told them so i think on most years they will get new year's day but like that that's not always going to be the case interesting no and i know that like when the rose bowl is when it falls on a, when new year's day when the first falls on a sunday that's the nfl's day and so like i think the rose bowl has been on the second before and i just with the college football playoff, though, they were going to do kind of the rotating bowl thing where sometimes the Rose Bowl could probably be around that date, but other times it's not. So the college football playoff just gave in and said, like, all right, fine, whatever. You all are always going to be. No, no, the Rose Bowl kind of gave in. Oh, uh, they gave in. Okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. They, the playoff didn't make any promises. They said they'll try to accommodate, but, like, kind of was like, y'all got to get with it or get lost. So Love it. Love it. Big fan of that. And somebody made a good point yesterday, too. Like, in the new college football playoff, like Tulane, USC is a first round playoff game. That'd be so awesome. That would be. And just like the, and and knowing that Tulane probably would get beaten the next round, but just like having a Cinderella football story, even one win would be sweet. Yeah. I I mean, that's kind of what TCU did with Michigan. Imagine more of that. Yeah, Locke, Locke is still just tweeting up a storm. <laughs> he really, you really got him. Yeah, oh, that's when you know he did because he just can't. He's just, he's just in a box. 
Mm-hmm. Got to tweet through it. Uh, oh, the other game we didn't mention yesterday that was awesome. Shout out to the 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 Pirates down in uh, Mississippi oh, State, man. Starkville. Hell of a way to honor Michael H. A hell of an ending. Uh, Will Rogers was really playing horribly. He threw an interception like in the end zone early on in the game, like just not a great game, but rallied. They had a big run to set up the go-ahead field goal with four seconds left, I want to say. And then Illinois tried to do the the laterals. And, you, I mean, that, of all the beats, that was one of the baddest ones. And I could kind of see it coming. I it, Unbelievable. And you know that the betting public was on Mississippi State, too. You You had to back them in that spot, in that game, and – to, to see that unfold the way it did, that was awesome. That was awesome. It was so cool to see the players after the game, Will Rogers, the emotion. That was that was wonderful. Totally agree. That was a a, a special moment. And still, like, I was on Saturday. I don't even know what brought it on, but just was talking with my friend. I was like, man, it is so sad that we don't have Leach around anymore. Like, not that he's retired and you'll get him on TV every now and then, but like, you just that that dude, such a gym to college football. And gone, and it was a, a great tribute all throughout the SEC. Kentucky had a decal on their helmet, as most schools, if not all of them, did throughout the conference, or at least the ones that were playing in the bowl games. Mississippi mm-hmm. State wore special helmets, and to, pretty fitting that they were playing their bowl game and honoring him in a stadium that had a pirate ship, and they had uh, kind of a, a a special setup on there for Leach, which was cool to see as well, and. Uh, it was. It was an awesome game. There are some bowl games that mean a lot to certain teams. You could tell that was one that did for, for Mississippi State. They talked about whether they were even going to be playing in the bowl game because how do you prepare for a bowl game while you're also preparing for a funeral and yeah. with your head coach? This isn't just like, you know, uh, not that not that a loss is a loss, but game planning when maybe like an assistant or something, something happens there is different versus the head freaking coach of the football program. As you're dealing with recruiting, as you're dealing with naming a replacement and the bowl game, it would have been understandable if they had said like, Hey, it's probably just too much pandemic kind of showed that bowl games can be canceled. It stinks, but it can happen. And maybe this is just one of those very rare, unfortunate circumstances where we need to step aside, but instead they rallied. They wanted to honor him and they get an emotional, dramatic victory that he would have been proud of, the fight of, of his team, no doubt about that. And they covered, thanks to that garbage touchdown. Kentucky's been on the right side of some garbage touchdowns late in games. Yeah, the Belk Bowl is the most memorable one that comes the, to mind. The Florida upset in Gainesville. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a big one. But I I, I think they were already covering, but I'm not yes, certain. Yeah, correct. Yeah. From a cover standpoint, that one wasn't didn't mean as much. But, but it is fun to make it look like a huge win when oh, it yeah. was re- really down at the wire. Big fan. And also kind of gives you hope that, like, if you're ever in a desk – like, if you – I didn't have money on that game, but if you, if you won your bet on that, you really, like – you're counting your lucky stars. You're oh yeah, you also should probably take a break for a while because exactly. you're. It's, it's karma's coming the other way real soon. Exactly. Took the words out of my mouth that, that you probably are uh, feeling like it's probably going to come back around on the other way for you here and there. So, uh, good stuff from Mississippi State and nice turnaround from the SEC after kind of an underwhelming start. Not that the Cats did anything to contribute to the overall bowl record, but. Uh, if the if Georgia wins the national championship, I think they're going to end up with uh, one of the better records in bowl season. So that's good. 
Yeah. Um, and just if you care about that sort of thing. SEC. And we'll, we'll go ahead and count to Lane as well while we're at it. Former SEC program, well, that's only fair. If Sewanee or if they ever win a bowl game, we'll count them as well. Yeah, at first major bowl win since they were in the SEC. So hey, it just means more. Gosh, you got to wonder, like, no way that those decision makers are still alive when back in the 60s Tulane decided to, mm-hmm. to leave the conference. But, boy, you want to talk about your all-time mistakes. We need to focus on academics. Academics and a national schedule is what they said. Like, oh, okay, Tulane. Good luck with that national schedule, buddy. Uh, but that, you know, it's not only Tulane's loss a little bit. It'd be fun to have New Orleans in the in the middle of the SEC rotation. Man, not that not that Baton Rouge is too far away, but we we're we're slight losers in all this as well. Yeah, I also thought like it'd be a lot of fun to to be a student at the University of Tulane or at Tulane University, excuse me, this week. Yeah, I remember like back, you know, Kentucky played their fair share of games in New Orleans Roush when we were younger. I remember I had a bunch of friends that would always just go to like the Tulane bars to go party. And I never made my way over there uh, the several times that I was down in New Orleans, but was told that it was a good time. I was like, what is the, what's the difference between a good time at a Tulane bar when you're 21 years old versus a good time on Bourbon Street when you're 21 years old? Oh, they're uh, all, yeah. Yeah, like I'm guessing probably Tulane bars are just specifically like college. And, and probably cheaper. I mean, Yeah, that's probably true too. That's probably and, the biggest I think that's why some of them went there. It's just because like, hey, it's cheaper. But you could get some of those like buy three, get one, or buy one, get three free for like $12 back in the day. You, People you just – you can't do the you can't get suckered into like the the shot vials or whatever that they try to give you in Bourbon Street. Like that's just you're just throwing money away. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of a lot of money trips like that. The best though is just like I'm actually drinking out of one of those cups now. The uh, the like smoothie ones. I've got a Fat Tuesday where you just go in and you it's like here's a eight dollar drink and it's a dollar for an extra shot. Well, okay, uh, four yeah. extras please. <laughs> Easy to get drunk on Bourbon Street. Scoots, have you ever toured New Orleans? No, that is of Whoa. all the, of all the places I've never been. That's the one I want to go to the most. I just I, mean, I, a lot of fun. I just feel like those are my people. You know, like the the food yeah. they eat, they're just the way they talk. That I feel like that's I've always thought that I belong in Louisiana. Roush and I have talked New Orleans a time or two, yeah. but now come to think of it, like I never do remember you ever chiming in with a story of your own or any experiences there. That is wild that you've never been to New Orleans. Yeah, when you all talk New Orleans, I kind of just sit back and try to take in what I can. Like that advice, don't buy the shot vials. Got it. When I go to New Orleans, I won't be buying the shot vials. I'll just go get a $8 slushie and add four extra shots, like Roush said. So, yeah, it's just it's good to know these things for the future because I will eventually go to New Orleans. Maybe you would have gone in 2012 if uh, you hadn't lost. Maybe so. Probably not, though. Suck it. I was, I was poor back then. Well, well I mean, poorer. you were in good, good company with a lot of other college students <laughs> that made the Man, trip. The, uh, the, other, uh, the other place that's your people, Scoots, Key West, is just, that, that's your company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, Key, Key West, no doubt about it. That, that is my people. But no, I want to do, I was going to do it two summers ago, but. I guess it was the, that was the COVID year. I had a trip planned. We were going to go to New Orleans and then slide over to Biloxi 
like a little three, four day trip. It was going to be a lot of fun. So now I got to reschedule that at some point. You should, buddy. And you deserve a little time off. Thanks. Thanks. Scoots works too hard. Let's get back to the Thornton's text line here. <laughs> 502-414-1450. More like Perdon't. LMAO, sorry to Nick's former other team. Wow. Wow. It's not Purdue anymore. It's Perdon't. Really says, got me there. What month is the worst, in your all's opinion? January or August? I lean August because school starts. It's the hottest month, and there's zero sports on. Could see January because it's the end of the holiday, back to school again. Weather also terrible. That's a good, that's a good question. Uh, I'm, I know where Scoot stands in this because you can't golf in January, but I would say that sometimes you can sneak one in. But the biggest thing, there's NFL playoffs in January, so it's just it's far superior. I think you got to throw February in the mix with all this. Yeah, and it's going to be at least in February. It's the lead up to March Madness, so like there's some good college basketball. You get the Super Bowl one weekend. Uh, and it's just shorter in general, you know, so you kind of get it over with quicker. And uh, there might even be a federal holiday sprinkled in there. Like, uh, I think you might get a day off school for President's Day. So yeah. uh, August, just n- nothing happening except sitting by the pool. August and, is August is the worst. Yeah. Scoot strongly disagrees. Man, that's that. that's a rough life. Just sitting by the pool. Shucks. Makes August so terrible. But, like, you only get to sit by the pool probably, like, one time in August, realistically, unless you have a pool or something. But, like, just assuming, like, you need an invite to a pool, you're probably only getting one, maybe two. It's hotter than all get out. There's no sports on. It's, like, you're getting really close to sports, so you're excited, but then you're really far away because you still have, like, three weeks and stuff. So, yeah, August can can suck it. TJ, when I was listening to the old shows last week when I was looking for drops – that show I listened to in August was the weekend or was the week before you went to your uh, bachelor party at the lake. That was the end of August. Great month. Well, that that made it better. Sure, it made it better. Just like if you get a nice weather day in in January or February, and you can go hit the links, that that also makes those months a little bit better. But I default to sports. I, I will default to sports. You get college basketball in January and February. It starts to heat up in February a little bit. But I do think we're talking about the three worst months when we're. I, I think we've got them. I think we've got them lined up. I would trade August for November. You think November is one of the worst? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of November. I mean, you get oh, you get Thanksgiving, you and get football all the you time. get yeah, Thanksgiving. The college basketball starts. That's a bad take, Scoot. Here's the thing: so you get Thanksgiving and you get all the sports, but all the sports are at the beginning of their season. Other than college football, which we all know, I'm not a not a huge college football guy as it is. So, but you got college basketball, you got NBA, you got NHL. They're all at the beginning of their seasons. It doesn't; those games don't mean anything just yet. The World Series usually ends in November. No, NFL. that happened one time. It doesn't normally end in November. It normally ends in November. No, sir. The last week of the regular seasons in college football, like the rivalry weekend. Yeah, I just said I don't like college football, Roush. That's my least favorite sport. You get a better idea of the NFL playoff picture by the end of the month. Oh, gosh, just a horrific take. No, I, I would that's take, the, I would that's take the August. That's month where you have like 15 straight days. Like, it'll be like it's 22 straight days where there's football on TV. And yeah. Scoots is just like, let me trade it for uh, nothing in August. Oh, November man, is basketball time, baby, not football time. Get out of here, football. 
Okay. Take your candy cane pants off. Bub. Give you a kiss on the forehead, <laughs> Scooch, for that horrible, horrible take. Let's take our last break. Speaking of takes, we'll come back. We'll finish up the Thornton's text line. We'll give predictions on UK and LSU and a big game at Rupp Arena tonight. The Cats need to continue their winning ways and just get a win in conference as well. We'll talk about all that and wrap up the show when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, no. Are you the police? No, ma'am. We're Kentucky Roll Call. We're on a mission from God. Back one final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Head on over to ShadyRays.com for the best polarized sunglasses on the planet. It's a company that started right here in Kentucky, and they have over 200,000 five-star reviews. That number's got to be getting up to a quarter of a million, if not more. Uh, You'll be impressed by their website, how easy it is to navigate, how they showcase they're amazing sunglasses, Polaroid sunglasses that normally designer brands, they carry this huge price tag, not at Shady Rays, and know that you can buy with confidence with their replacement promise. You lose them, you break them, you just want another pair. Small processing fee, you get your order sent to you all over again, brand spanking new. You can have two pairs of sunglasses for the price that you're paying. And then, of course, 30-day money-back guarantee, regardless whether you just don't like them, they didn't turn out the way you wanted, they don't fit on your head, whatever it may be. Shady Rays just wants to make sure you're a happy customer and they've got so many different methods to, to, to make sure you're going to be satisfied. Each sunglass will provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America and Shady Rays has donated over 20 million meals as well. So you buy the sunglasses and then Shady Rays will do a good deed for you. We love that from Shady Rays. Promo code Big X for 25% off at checkout. Do not forget that. Promo code Big X. Save some more money at ShadyRays.com when you use promo code Big X. Check them out today. All right, Roush, what else have we missed that we need to get to before we finish the show? I can't think of anything. Good, good. That means we're, we're hitting the things we need to be hitting. Yeah. Uh, they're saying Wilcox is going to be committing on Friday. Are you here? Is that the case? Uh, that's what Travis Kraft said, so I'll take his word for it. All right, that'll be good news. It's good enough for me. Seems like most of the scuttlebutt that you hear from UK football fans on Twitter and message boards is got to make sure the offensive line gets secure. And I guess people don't feel like it's there yet, Roush. Is their confidence into thinking it will get there uh, in time? There's plenty of time. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, – there's also like you. I, I definitely know that this week is mostly just for exhaling. The early enrollees arrive this weekend. A couple of the guys are playing in all American games this weekend. Javent Brown is in the All American Bowl, which is on NBC on Saturday, and then I think today, yeah, today is the Under Armour All American game at five, and that will be uh, feature Kamari Anderson, who's uh, impressed some of the people down there. Where, but. What I learned when joining on three is that, like, I don't take these, I've, I've never taken these games seriously, but it's one of the rare opportunities that you get to 
evaluate these players against each other while they're wearing pads. Normally they're just trying to like develop a pecking order by watching them play separate competition or watching them play the same competition, but in like a seven on seven format. Now they get to put on pads and compete and uh, Kamari Anderson's really popped in this setting. So uh, he'll probably end up getting a ratings bump whenever that comes around, uh, around signing day in February. That's good news. And then uh, the early enrollees are making their way to Lexington, correct? Yeah, that'll be uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Because I, th- I want to say the spring semester starts either Monday or Wednesday of next week. Gotcha. So yeah. Slowly getting there. There's a, I, th- I wanted to say there was 13 overall and seven from high school. Um, but that well, the full list is on KentuckySportsRadio.com if you want to check it out. There you go. Head on over to it. Uh, we can finish up the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, this is really bad time to lose C.J. Frederick for a few weeks. Never really got settled in the rotation, and by the time he's back, it'll be nearly February. Totally agree. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's never a good time. I guess you could argue, like, well, at least, like, it wasn't last year where everybody was seemingly getting hurt as March was arriving. But, yeah, it does hurt that this is the time when you're trying to find a rotation, and he's just, yeah. Trying to find a rotation, and then also shooting is just such a premium for this team, and now it's like even while you're trying to figure out that rotation, when CJ's back, do is it is there kind of an upheaval in that because you do want his shooting, or will he be too far behind? Will you have solidified the group that you like? It's it's just bad news either no matter which way you 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 slice it. You'd rather have him in the fold, and then if he just can't really crack minutes, he's not hitting shots, he's not playing defense. All right, well you know that when things start to get really heated come mid February, and then obviously rolling into March, where now you'll get him back in February, and you'll kind of have to do that song and dance again just to see like can you can you contribute? Is it too late for you to contribute? Do we already like what we have? It's it is. Texter, you're you're spot on. It's it's not a it's not a good thing. Uh, another texter asked on the Thorns Tex on Rash, what's gonna happen with these Ohio State and Bama QBs that don't win the job in the spring? Seems that everyone desperately needed a transfer quarterback got one. Oh, there will be more people that need quarterbacks. Don't worry, they'll find a home. And that's why when we were in the middle of the Devin Lear and Graham Mertz kind of waiting around, like there yes, it's important to hit on that first cycle, but there's there is going to be a second transfer portal cycle. And, you know, that's where maybe maybe Kentucky gets another one. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, like that, they'll, they'll find a place. Don't you worry. There will be plenty of schools that still are looking at quarterbacks. I think uh, Wisconsin brought in two guys. Yep. Brought in Tanner Mordecai from SMU and somebody else. So, yeah, they'll, they'll find a place. Interesting. Uh, by the way, if you were texting in in like the last 20 to 30 minutes, you scoots has something for you he says so he can't wait to get to those texts yes can't wait a texter says i think reeves lack of toughness really frustrates cal and when he's not making shots it's a lot easier to not play him that i i think that's a spot-on summary of that situation there and like it's it's not so much i mean maybe it's lack of toughness you could use several different phrases that are going to kind of summarize Something similar. It's just, it, it, for me, it's not so much lack of toughness, putting air quotes around toughness. It just doesn't really seem like he gets impacted when UK gets down. 
or another team kind of punches UK. He doesn't really seem to have that extra competitive drive that Calipari loves so much. And this could be totally unfair to Reeves. Again, we're not, we're just a little over the halfway point in the college basketball season. And he's got plenty of time to figure things out. And maybe so much of, maybe, maybe it's not like we have long sample sizes of knowing Antonio Reeves basketball history, but maybe he's the type of player, Roush, like if shots aren't going in for him, I'm out. Like I, I just I I it, I lose my motivation defensively. I'm in my own head. There are players like that in the basketball world where some people, I think the best of the best, it doesn't matter if their shots falling or not falling, they're gonna go out there and they're gonna be a dog and they're gonna play as hard as they can, where you don't even care if they're scoring or not. Reeves, at least up to this point, seems to be somebody the only way that he's gonna get momentum is seeing the ball go through the net, and that will feed the rest of his game where if his shot's not going in, he kind of folds in all the other areas. It's unfortunate, but I think it is probably the case for him. It also feels like the the toughness thing, when he's driving, it feels like he just does whatever he can to avoid contact. Like he's kind of like tiptoeing around through the lane instead of being, uh, as this next person puts it, deliberate. Uh, the texter says, of course, Cal's quote, about being more deliberate is being misinterpreted and misrepresented. Deliberate doesn't necessarily mean slow. I took it as being uh, assertive. That's, I didn't that's... see. I didn't see people freaking out about that quote. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that people did. Cal could say "God bless you" to somebody, and they'd be like, "Well, I'm atheist." Um, Gazuntai uh, is the proper term. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, like I, I did, but I didn't see the outrage from that. No, I, I wouldn't take deliberate as meaning slow. No, no. Um... Uh, assertive, I think, is the kind of synonym that I that I use for it. Um, but I like that, it that, that's that's part of the Reeves experience that I think uh, I'm missing so far. Is it feels like he's just uh, yeah, but like sometimes I feel like he's forcing shots that he doesn't need to force too. So I don't know. It's just square peg round hole. But it'd be nice for him to start figuring it out similar to way Toppin figured it out uh, against Louisville. Uh, just gonna keep keep that train moving down the track. I love Oscar referring to his teammates as these kids. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Is Oscar? Is he? He's three years into college, right? Yeah, Probably like twenty one. He's four college. years in. He had a good freshman season at West Virginia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he transferred, and that like was halfway through. Really bad year. That was the twenty one year at UK. Then he had his really good year last year. So this is his fourth year of college basketball. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't blame him. I mean, yeah. what do you think Luke Fortner was referring to the freshman as when he was in his 17th season of college football? And that, there's no bigger probably age discrepancy in human life than probably like 18 to 22, 19 to 23. Yeah. Yeah, like really, uh, 17 to – Maybe 12 to 16 is pretty significant. 12, you're like playing with toys. 16, you're driving a deadly automobile. Right, like, right. Maybe, but also, maybe 16, that, you, you go from like not driving to 22, you're like too old for bars. That's <laughs> you know? true. Yeah. It's, it, is, it is crazy how, um, but there, the, the overall point being like age is just a number once you get older. But when times are changing, it's uh, whew, night and day. Oscar, you keep you keep looking after those kids, buddy. 
A texter says, I drove back from Tuscaloosa to Cincinnati on Sunday after a 9-6 game against LSU a few years ago. Got a speeding ticket about five minutes after getting on the highway. About an eight-hour drive. Brutal. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. And that was when they lost to LSU, too. So that was after a loss. Ooh. And then you got the rematch, though, which was just electric. Just kidding. They beat the snot out of them, didn't they? It's like a terrible, terrible game. Like 10-3? Whatever it was. Uh, another texter on the Thorns text on says, I, for one, am shocked that anonymous coaches are lining up to bash Cal. Uh, man, I did I did really laugh out loud when I saw the the quote. Like, he's probably running the same bleep when he was with the New Jersey Nets. That that, that made me giggle. I had, like, uh, the amount, I get it. It's not cool to, like, love on John Calipari right now, and I get it that people are frustrated with this season. I certainly am frustrated with this season. But the people that will just go – using a very young word here, and go stand for Dana O'Neill. give me a break. Like, there are people who break down basketball, and they're talking about how things are a little problematic or troublesome for UK, and I think that it's worth listening to, and they make some valid points. Rob Doster, who I really don't agree with hardly ever, I thought he had some good video analysis breaking down on Twitter not too long ago about some of UK's issues. Didn't agree with everything that he said, but it was good analysis. Anonymous coaching from Dana O'Neill, for all I know, could totally be made up. I mean, that's how much she hates Calipari. I don't think it's probably made up, but it could be. It's Dana freaking Neal. She, anytime she gets to write something about John Calipari in a negative light, she's going to take the opportunity to do it. Same with Pat Forty, and there's a group of them that do it. So I get it. It's not really cool to really love on John Calipari right now if you're a UK fan. But don't stoop to the level of backing Dana frickin' O'Neill. Be better than that, everybody. It is. Uh, it, it was at least like that one quote. Like there was a couple damning quotes, but some of them I thought did have a little bit of like next level kind of thought because I, I think the 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 one that stood out to me the most wasn't just like them cracking on him, but it was that when you – the way the coach put it, he said, we, we, culture is an easy word to throw around. We call it program where you have a, a goal, like a very specific goal that you're striving for. And I don't know what Kentucky's goal is. I don't know what the identity of the Kentucky basketball program is. Like right now, is the goal just like give it to Oscar Shibwe? Is, is success defined by leaving as quickly as possible? And that that does seem to be like a like finding the right path forward. Besides, like just get the best players and like let's see what's going on. Like I thought that was the fairest criticism. Is like there there needs to be a little bit more semblance of a goal other than just get the best players and well, let's figure it out. I get the sentiment of that. Obviously, I can. It's people's opinions. People are entitled to their opinions, assuming the quotes are actually factual. Uh, but people are entitled to their opinions, and people can watch UK and have different takes on whatnot. I would sum that up better as where is the identity of John Calipari basketball teams over the last few seasons? And I think that's fair because at the yeah. earlier standpoint of his career, it was usually defense. Like, we're going to have a really. We're going to bring in the best players, but we are going to be so tough defensively across the board. And he's kind of gone away recruiting that. So I do think from an identity standpoint, there are question marks. But 
his philosophy always falls back to just give me the best players. And then while he gets this rep for being really, really stubborn, and in some areas we would like him to do this or that, and I understand that, his idea is I'll get the best players and then I'll make it work with them based on what's best for them or what's best, what's most complimentary for this team. And he just hasn't really been able to hit the nail on the head as much as we would have liked lately. But identity, I think, is a fair question. Right, right. Um, and to your point, yeah, like those early teams, there was a lot of turnovers creating easy buckets in transition with awesome athletes. But like the idea of like, yeah, it's easy to do that when you've got Tyler Hero. I mean, he's done it. Was it easy to do with Kellen Grady? Because it looked easy when he was healthy. Is Kellen Grady an NBA superstar? Uh, no, he's not. But, you know, he was able to do it with, I mean, pretty much every year they'll have some offensive success this year and 2021, maybe the exceptions. But he's done it with players that haven't had to be NBA superstars either. But it is what it is. I'm I'm not I, – I was a little bit more passionate about that earlier in the week. But it's – people are going to are gonna try to pile on John Calipari where they have the opportunity, and he's making it easier for folks for sure. Listening to the post-game show, and apparently we're still getting McCord and Vandegrift? I don't know. I don't. I haven't heard that. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. Those guys are really awesome. Who are those people? Uh, give us a, a recap. McCord is Ohio State's backup. Vandegrift is uh, Georgia backup. Quarterbacks? Yep. Oh, great. So it's going to have a million quarterbacks. All of the quarterbacks are coming to Kentucky. That's what I like to hear. Uh, another texture on the Thornton's text on says, U.S. on the staff is cool and should help Savir, but I think it's a bigger deal for DJ and Rob. Should help everybody, hopefully. And hopefully, you know, Ulysses, Cal just raved about having him back. So, you know, you got to think that his heart and mind's in the right spot. He probably wants to be a coach. And this is a, a good way to get going. So it should help all the guards. Tyler Ulysses is a great basketball mind to help talk to other players. Well, and especially if you, if you, toughness is a problem. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's also, um, if there was a little bit of relatability factor problem, right? Because, like, that was Kenny Payne's primary job. He was the kind of conduit between Cal and the players. Like, I think Tyler Ulyss can can get the message across and, 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 and not tolerate, like, softness. Like, Texas he, he'll have, like, he has his broken bones and he'll go out there and whoop your ass right now. Like, it's Tyler Ulyss. Texture says Skip Bayless should be let go from his job after what he tweeted. I mean, I just couldn't disagree more. Man, and at, it really was just like a timing thing because, like, yeah. even reading it this morning, it didn't sound bad. It's not so bad, right? It's not yeah. like, but it, the timing of it was, it was probably yeah. should have been smarter on that. But no, somebody shouldn't lose their job for that tweet. That being said, as we mentioned in hour one, if you get worked up by Skip Bayless, he is your all's Frankenstein. In the sports world, you all created that dude. So live with him. If he's tearing down the town and he's doing stupid stuff, if you want to give him attention, that's on you. I just kind of let him be. I did have a friend of mine who was at the game who was enjoying himself. And I think on the ride home, uh, saw that tweet. And he, his response was very much a uh, uh, alcohol fueled, emotional, just like, Jah! Oh, yeah, there's a ton of, I mean, I, I like saw a lot of people I followed that people that I, you know, I, I value their opinions and whatnot. They were very, very mad at Skip Bayless. It's Skip Bayless, everybody. He doesn't deserve your emotions, negative or positive. John here. I, uh, 
I the other not to linger on that point, but man, being at that game, I I can't even imagine the for the folks in the stands because like they were in there for I just don't even, I wonder what they were even talking about because it was like 30, 45 minutes of Jim just kind of like waiting around to see what was going to happen, compartmentalizing that. Like man, that true. If I lived in Cincy, once they went into the locker room, I probably would have been like, all right. I mean, even if they do play this game tonight, it's not going to be too late. We may, but I doubt they're going to play it. Maybe we should get out of here. Uh, if I, if you like, were traveling from Louisville or Lexington or something like that, then that had to be tough. Like, do we stick around? But I think people kind of started to catch on that the game wasn't going to be completed. Right, right. John here. Good morning to all. Wow, last night was so sad and crazy. Continued thoughts and prayers for the Bills players. Hamlin and his family, when things like that happen, it puts life into perspective real quick. The way I view sports, and especially football after last night, has changed a lot. As of right now, I'm not going into detail, but will instead shift my focus over to tonight's basketball game for the Cats. I have us winning by 14, and Big O is MVP. In the second half of the season, the Cats will continue to show BB in an all-college basketball that we are back to our winning ways and be a force to be reckoned with. we got to go. Always remember, life before sports. Talk to you later. And I read ahead to our next text, and I wish we could read it on the air. Love the positivity, John. Uh, I, don't oh. think, I don't think we can read that on the air, but it is a funny joke. Uh, just making reference to the, the sex parties of LSU yeah. and the way that they uh, smashed Purdue. You can use your imagination. Is Tavion Robinson back for sure now? Also, did Goodwin show up to the poll? <laughs> so, first question... Uh, he hasn't said anything officially, but I'm sure that would be the case. Uh, and did Goodwin show up to the bowl? There was actually a moment where I thought I saw him and because it was just like an unfamiliar face. Uh, but and it was a, a large human, but Josh Jones had a season-ending knee injury. That's why I didn't really recognize him. Uh, but no, Goodwin did not show up to the bowl. Not sure what Keontae Goodwin's doing right now. Oh, boy. Okay. It's just kind of a sad situation. Scoot should go to Biloxi during spring break. I don't know that that's the time I would want to go. You could meet one of your your girl. You said 23, 22-year-olds. That's true. Yeah. yeah. that That's where I could find them, no doubt. And if, like, maybe some people maybe some people take their kids, like, you know, their high school-age kids, and you could date the moms. Hey, now we're Ooh, talking. That's a good point. Yeah, now yeah. we're talking. The if chaperone. I were you, I do think, like, going to a good spring break destination could be pretty beneficial for you with your wide age range of 22 to 65 oh, man can't you see this being like a, a movie slash reality like netflix the, special. The teenager wants scoots but scoots is all about the mom instead and like she's she's mad because the mom took her girl but then he ends up settling down with their grandmother as like a plot, like an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> twist at the end that's like the jack black movie <laughs> it's uh, on the office, the office. yeah, yeah. Doris Leachman. It was really going to be the mom, but she had to back out. So after a short rewrite, they made it the grandmother. <laughs> Scoot should go to Biloxi during spring break. Good morning, TJ. Hope you had a great new year. Hope 23 is your best for selling houses. I don't sell houses. Anyways, I'm happy we beat you, Aval. I'd like to see us do it against better teams, of course. I just don't know if some of Cal's lineups can win in the SEC this year. 
Only reason it looked good Saturday in this case U of L is being so bad. I swear I'm not trying to be negative. I just think we have good pieces and can be a great team. I just don't think Wheeler is the answer for the offense. Okay, have a good day. Suck at Louisville, suck at Louisville, Roush. Uh, well, we'll get an idea tonight of how it looks. I do agree with you, U of L is horrible, so it's pretty tough to take too much away from that game. But we shall see. Uh, it's kind of make or break time now for the Cats. And also that game, that road game at Alabama on Saturday, I don't think that's one that UK has to win. But if you were to get blown out on that one, you'd worry about where the team kind of goes from there. So big week of basketball for UK. And, and that won't, won't be the last one this season. There are going to be a lot of big weeks. SEC is tough this year. Let's do this trip that started in New Orleans and then ended in Biloxi. So absolutely nothing he says can be taken seriously. It's like taking a trip to Paris, France and ending up in Versailles, Kentucky. This is, this is hands down the worst text in our show's history. Versailles, Kentucky, and Paris, France are a 10-hour flight away. Biloxi and New Orleans is an hour and a half drive. Suck it, pal. It's a I terrible text. I think that's his like, point. Like, yeah, you missed, I think you're missing the point. Yeah, what? he's talking about just like the place in general. You like, go into like a cool city with a lot going on, and then you're going to like a not cool city with not much going on. Well, How is it not a lot going on? It's, Biloxi is miniature Las Vegas. Oh. Uh, okay. All right. We just don't have the time. We don't have the time for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. They call it mini Vegas. Okay. I mean, they, they, call I'm sure Star- they do it to try to get you to go there. But like, yeah, Biloxi call- is. Starkville, Mississippi calls themselves Stark Vegas. I promise you there's nothing comparable between Starkville, Mississippi, and Las Vegas. It's the, People call it Lex Vegas. There's nothing similar between Lexington, Kentucky, and Las Vegas. All right, let me just it's cancel a, the whole trip. Screw well, it. Hold on. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. we got to do predictions and get out of here. Uh, Scoots is our leader in the clubhouse, so he's just going to pick Oscar again. I am going to pick Oscar again. You're correct on that. And the Cats win by 874-66. All right. Uh, I will take Case and Wallace, and I will take UK 66, LSU 60. I'm kind of in the same range. 69, 64, Cates, and um, Antonio Reeves gets hot. Hit some threes tonight. Wow, we all took LSU to cover. That means bet the house on the Cats, baby, because that's how this usually goes. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Be careful in all of this weather. And we will be back tomorrow to talk about UK versus LSU. Enjoy the game. Go Cats. This is KRC.